Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. Can you do that again, please? My tournament. I'm going down the grove and you can't stop us. I'm going to my tournament on my Kawasaki motorcycle. That's it. Dig it out. Mind you, you never... So you're not... Geordie, Geordie's only from Newcastle, right? Yes. If you're around the outskirts, you can have like a soft accent, but it's not Geordie, is it? So... Mm. There we go. So welcome. Welcome to Tuesday. Neither of us are in Newcastle. We're just trying out our new accents. It's a change from Sam doing Japanese, quite frankly. I thought you were going to do, um, I thought I thought you were going to, what's the word? Do the whole episode in, in Geordie. Speak. Oh, maybe, maybe. All this comes courtesy of the fact that I just went to shut my door, nearly fell over and went, ooh, foo canal. <laughs> Sunset. That was very northern of you. Yeah, oh. every now and again, I love it. And now I've got a mouthful of fluff, which um, you could also say is just generally how we roll with a podcast. So today's uh, podcast is uh, is a subject. You know, you know, we like to go light and uh, lots of levity and fun. So today we're going to talk about grief, <laughs> <laughs> which which I think it's probably worth bringing some some of those things too because for many people it is even taboo to bloody talk about it i think um so yeah we're going to do something about that aren't we that is true oh and by the way before we get going because you kind of started this early when i wasn't looking uh we've had a lovely review in from rosie ariel it says, thank you. Sam and Ellie, thank you for providing a catalyst that has literally changed the trajectory of my life and possibly saved it. Wow. Bloody hell, that's awesome. Yeah. The grace, love, wisdom and humour that oozes from this podcast has walked with me in my alcohol-free journey for the past year, providing signposts along the way. Or oh, breadcrumbs, question mark. So many metaphors. Thank you for providing a platform to stay in the conversation, as you would put it, even when that's all I could manage. Oh, God, that bit at the end made me cry. Thank you for providing a platform to stay in the conversation, as you put it, even when that's all I could manage. And I think, I think I might know who this is from, because it's from all the way from New Zealand as well. So much love to you, my little friend out in New Zealand. Lovely review. That is, yeah, it's really touching. And I love the word oozing as well mm-hmm. i can hear her saying it too right. and um next week uh i'm going to read out another review which is an awesome review like it starts by talking about how the podcast is solid gold but they only gave us three stars so i'm slightly confused well you know it's <laughs> like a it, mistake they didn't say platinum did they they didn't say that this is you know maybe we're maybe there's room for improvement that's what that says yeah, I maybe. can't do it. I can't. I don't think I could disagree with that. <laughs> well, there's room for improvement. Yeah. I mean, I, my, I've got my game fully on point, but we'll, we're still, 
few more years. We'll we'll uh, we'll have you up to speed, won't we? A few more years. Woo! I'll be even older then. Well, we all will. That's how it works. That's how it works. It is. And also how it works is we all die. So yeah. we figured that it was a really important subject for us to talk about. Um the the whole grief thing. Because despite the fact that you may have tried a lifetime to avoid it, you can't. There is no way you are going to make it through this embodied life and not meet grief at some point. So it's a subject that's really important, really relevant. And I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about it. Yeah. And that can then keep us stuck in that cycle of wanting to avoid it. And what we want to bring to you today is perhaps a fresh perspective on it, a different way of looking at it so that you are more ready and willing to welcome your grief in and embrace it as opposed to resisting it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think all this in the context of acknowledging that we're in a, we're kind of in a society that, I don't know, it, it sort of has this idea. I mean, we had a really powerful conversation, didn't we, about positive versus negative emotions and how we were effectively saying no such thing, just mm. feelings, just emotions. It's all, it's all divine. It's all got its place. There are, there have been no mistakes in that regard. Um, and nor would we want to have a life without those things as it, as it looks to me anyway. Like it, it, I don't think it would actually be a kindness to, it would be like a heart, like many of the most, the more kind of more difficult or heavier or, or darker emotions, not like in a, I don't say that in a sort of, Oh God, we need to be afraid of them kind of way, but they just have like a different feel to them. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, I think we've all just been trained into thinking that we can avoid them or that we don't need to feel them or that they're dangerous or something like that, or that there's a, that they're not okay. Um, and yeah, so I think it's in the context of bringing more beauty into our life, even if there are times in life where we're going to allow some discomfort in, it's actually about being comfortable in the uncomfortable, which is really different to trying to make yourself comfortable all the time. So, mm. yeah. 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 And I think just following on from that, I think there's like a, a big part of it is not just the, there's the notion that they might be dangerous or all consuming, but that we just feel that we don't have the capacity for them. Mm. I remember for the longest time feeling like I I just I was I wasn't capable of feeling the grief. Uh, so, as most people probably know, I sadly lost my my father when I was twenty, and I'd I'd lost you know older family members in my life, and I'd sadly lost animals in my life 
And so I had a bit of a had a bit of experience around loss and I didn't like it, did not like it and probably didn't know too much around how to cope with it. And as a kid looking around, like I remember when my um, my father's mother died, my grandmother, and seeing my mum in this distraught state and then feeling so concerned and worried about her and not being like having this this feeling that I needed to make it better, but I didn't know how to. So lots and lots and lots of confusion around loss. And so when it came to the death of my father, I still had that confusion, but I also had alcohol in my life. And so alcohol became a very close means of in inverted commas, coping. So what happened in my own experience without realising it is that I, it was almost like all of the grief that was there to be felt was just suspended for mm -hmm. a period of time. Now, clearly I went through the, the sort of acute phase of it all and 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 I tell you what was really interesting the how it impacts you physically. You know, I experienced physical symptoms in the body that I had never experienced before, and on the face of it, I kind of thought, no, no, I'm 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 all right, but I I I wasn't all right. I was deeply not all right. Um, felt completely out of my depth and couldn't understand what was happening with all of these physical symptoms. Now, at a deeper level, I was okay, but I just, I, I didn't know. This this was like totally new territory for me. And so I was kind of fixated on the, this is not okay and how can I make it okay? And as I say, having, you know, being 20 and having alcohol as a close means to, self-medicate what that served to do is is to just suspend all of this grief and so over the course of time of course you know you think that it's dissipated and it's it's softened and it's not that you no longer miss that person but it it feels less sharp less painful and then the story that I've shared with people many a time now from my first year of sobriety was like I rounded up on this first year being alcohol free and then it was the 20th anniversary of my father's death which just seemed like this huge number and then bam <laughs> all of that grief that I hadn't realized had been suspended all that time there it was like in full effect in full force and it was such an interesting and pivotal time for me because I remember distinctly thinking, oh shit, oh shit. Like I, I'm not sure that I want to feel this and how can this be so intense after so long? And 
my previous coping mechanism of alcohol, you know, was again readily available. There was a bunch of wine that had sat un- undrank from the year before when I stopped drinking. And one of the one of the thoughts that I had was, well, I could take all of this, this feeling, I could take it all away right now. I could anesthetize the whole thing. And then my next thought was, but then what? But then what? So you've seemingly outran this for 20 years, and yet here it is. Here it is, as intense as it ever was. So do you really want to numb it again, put it into that holding pattern for it to then arise again? And so, of course, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do that. And my next, and these weren't thoughts, actually. This was just, this was deep knowing. There were two things that I I deeply knew in that moment. One was that it would pass. Of its own accord, it would pass. It wasn't going to stay like that forever. And the second thing was that I knew that I could include it. Whereas my whole narrative, the mental noise prior to that had been, you're not capable of feeling this. And I can't tell you where those two things came from in that moment, apart from, you know, the deepest part of myself. But that that's what I that's what I knew. And it wasn't like I heard a voice. I just knew. I just knew. And then that opened the door to surrendering to it and allowing it. And there we go. Yeah, I love that. Well, it came, as it looks to me, it came from life, wisdom, you, consciousness, God, Mm. however you want to call it, whatever you want to call it. And do you know what I love about what you shared is that it, it looks like the most innocent and obvious thing in the world that if we don't have an understanding of how experience is created and how our emotions and feelings are part of the, I was going to say movie, but I don't want to say that in a belittling sense. I mean, the kind of just the, the, this incredible special effects department that we would find, we would put those things in, in a holding pattern until we feel safe. And so very often you'll find that if something difficult, traumatic or, challenging happens if you know you get an array of, of of kind of responses so you'll get a group of people who over the course of 90 days feel it and process it and and they and they move through that you'll get a group of people who kind of lock it away and that may be and that's innocent that's just if we don't feel like that we're safe to do that or if we're if we're tiny and we don't know how or if it's too much for us to comprehend or you know, for any number of reasons, like, like you, so like you, so like you said, mate, I can't remember your exact words, but we basically put it on hold. And what I love about what you shared is in, in, in actually going on the alcohol free journey, you had some deep insights from the, the heart of your being that said to you, you know, that's, that's, you are safe. You can feel this. Mm-hmm. And, and it allowed you to to, to process those things. And <clears throat> what's interesting is the system, I don't know how it looks to you, but your system for the 
for those 20 years of not not feeling that were doing everything they possibly could to try and get you to feel it and some of that might be periods of you know it's going to be different things for different people so for some people it will show up in kind of you know physiological symptoms neurological symptoms yeah. but periods of burnout like your system is basically like feel it but we we don't until we actually understand until we see oh i'm safe i'm able to experience this and i'm going to be okay you know we just do we just kind of do what makes sense to to keep it out and and very often as we find in our work is that the very thing that we've been you know i've said before that all of the stuff i was most scared of and most trying to avoid with alcohol were the very things that set me free and helped me walk into a beautiful alcohol free life and i'm and it and i'm going to guess that it's of absolutely no coincidence that the same is true for you mm. and the same will be true for anybody listening to this podcast too so you know i lo- i love that you can that you can share that and the and the arc of it um from your personal perspective and then to take it to the kind of um universal of how it works for all of us it's it's just when we when we really see that we're safe to be able to feel those things the system will will, will just process them mm. um and until that point we'll innocently put it on hold or push it down or and use whatever we can get our hands on to try and keep it locked in right mm. Mm. yeah for sure and it it's not to say that the you know, when you move to this place of surrender that and allowing that it's, um, you know, it, it's without any pain because you, you're still going to feel what you're going to feel. But the, the more that we can be in that place of, it's like, um, it's it's like being a gentle caretaker of it mm. without trying to persuade it to hurry up and leave <laughs> or judging it or judging our capacity to include it or not or making sense of it. That's a big thing that I always used to do is try and make sense of things. Oh, I feel this way because of. Yeah. So if you notice you know what whatever you know wherever the grief is um you know whatever the circumstantial stuff surrounds the the feeling of grief if this is something that you're experiencing then the the less you do with it the better so you're only if you see it as your only job is to be a gentle caretaker of it it's like You've welcomed this guest into your home and you just want to sit with them and put your arms around them and love them. And that's it. Not try to, not try to change anything. And it's, it's for sure not what we're used to doing. So you might have some challenges with that, but that's okay too, because every moment that you become lucid is, a moment of recognition and very deep learning. And over time, it does, in uh, in one sense, it does become 
easier, more easeful, but that doesn't mean that it's without uh, without any kind of pain or any kind of um, challenging feeling in the body because it, it probably will be. Hey, yeah, pain's not the, you know, just to go back to that really beautiful thing, you know, pain is inevitable, suffering's optional. Mm. And it's not, the pain isn't, isn't a problem like it's it's not a problem to be solved it's an energy it's what is it's it's a, it's actually a on a call the other day i was talking to so it occurred to me in the middle of a call to just ask this question you know as it as it looks to you what's the purpose of pain and we had a a discussion and you know as it looks to me the purpose of pain is actually an orientation to wholeness it's not a it's it's this signal of slow down be with me be it physical pain, emotional pain, I will guide you home. Now, home, this is the thing about the human condition is that I don't, I just think we've got it wrong. I don't think we're supposed to kind of, you know, the kind of idea of like, oh, well, if I just sort of take 10 minutes to just sit and feel this or think this through, then I'll process it and then I'll be done with it. It's like, well, I don't know, is is it supposed to work like that? Like, as you said earlier, at the deepest level of who we really are, we are completely whole, untouchable, not of this world. And at the human level, at the embodied level, um, life is hard at times. You know, we, there's we've been put, we've incarnated here at this time in this way so that we can have feelings and can have experiences. And maybe there's a whole bunch of other experiences of consciousness well even on our own this planet there's a whole bunch of different experiences of what consciousness can be like and and and, and like the way that we can have this intimate experience with pain is something that is gifted to humans in a way that isn't gifted to other creatures and that's something to be honored and to to hold and so it's kind of this um like this paradox of in 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 sitting in the truth of our being in our in our spiritual self we're then able to honor this incredible human self that we also are um and i think that's i think that's really important i think we've just been sent the wrong messages over and over and over again and i just think the moment that we start listening to that voice within us then things look different like you found in that moment and um things get transmuted into something they alchemize and it's like we have this idea that we feel one thing or we feel another thing like i feel joy or i feel grief or i feel happiness or i feel this but it's like no you're the recognition of 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 who you really are the recognition of the fact that we're part of this incredible thing we call nature this incredible tapestry of just wonder that's out there that you can see when you open the window is i don't know it's 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 enriched by these experiences and it's possible for us to be feeling grief and joy and you know all these things at the same time and that doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong you know in in the experience of grief is the deep recognition of love. And, you know, they, they kind of, they go hand in hand. Those, those, 
people and things that we love deeply in this life of course we grieve when when they die or when they leave us so yeah i think it's 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 nuanced and it's unique and it's personal and it's universal and it's safe and it's all that stuff um i just i just like i said before i just think we've been signaled the wrong thing again and again and again yeah i totally agree with you i totally agree with you and it it, it, it it's it is all about love and it's beautiful um I spent quite a bit of time with my teacher Scott recently and we um we lost dear Sally Kempton earlier this month and you know just what I, I I've never met anybody like her never met anybody like her and and I don't know whether I will again an incredible being and um in one of the you know, I mean, Scott spent so much time with her, so much time with her. And so we've had lots of conversations about her and the mark that she's left on many lives. And we, we were all part of a wonderful ceremony for her at the weekend that was just, um, not this weekend, the weekend prior, that was just wonderful. And um, Scott said... Scott was talking about grief and he said something similar to what you've just said in that he said, after all, it's just, it's an intense form of love. That's what mm. it is. An intense form of love. Mm. And for all of us to be able to allow the natural flow of that energy, that love is so important to be able to honor what we've lost and, and and ultimately you never lose it anywhere that's the beauty, the beauty of it you don't lose it you might lose the physical form but the essence doesn't go anywhere mm. and we um j just in the the following days like literally a couple of days after S sally had left her body we were all in group meditation together and like I don't even know how to describe what went on, but I had the most wild experience in meditation. I've never had a meditation like that in my life. It was unreal. And the next day I was talking to Scott and he'd had quite the experience as well. And he, the, the, the presence of somebody that like, and this might sound crazy, and I've said this before about my father, like the connection with my father, that I felt it strongly, more strongly when he has been um, absent from his body than when he was mm. embodied. Like th this, th this is the truth. This is what is possible, that you can feel somebody's presence because it's not coming from their body. It's not coming from their physical form. It's not coming from their samness or their elliness or it's it, it's yeah and and so for sure for sure there's there's going to be an intense experience of love but you can regard the whole thing as beautiful and i, I love what you said earlier about 
being able to feel a myriad of things at the same time. Mm. I did I did a video about this for the Live Naked program because it came up for me in the the sort of the first um period beyond the decision that I've made to separate from my husband and I and I was sitting in this experience of of grief and loss and despair and anxiety and um the the unknown you know what what's going to happen from here but also I was experiencing joy and excitement and I had a really lovely um moment in private session with Scott um where I was saying I was explaining to him about feeling these seemingly um conflicting conflicting emotions at the same time and I'd heard myself the judgy part the egoic part of myself I heard myself saying how dare you like how dare you feel joy and excitement amidst you know the complication of what you're dealing with the immediate aftermath of it and um he said to me how dare you not Hmm. how dare you not feel those things so going back to what you said, we just have these, like we've been given these funny instructions around what to do with this stuff. So the, the best thing that you can do, quite honestly, is um, burn the instructions. Um, I, I was on a call yesterday and there was this lovely, lovely lady, highly coachable in one of the path groups. And she, oh, God, she brought this this question to me. And she had the answer, as we always do. She had the answer. And she wanted some validation from me. And it was all about, like, following the rules. Following the rules. And I'm like, fuck the rules. Like, yeah. they, they are literally all made up. So there aren't any. They're, they're fucking made up. So here you are. You've got you've you haven't even had to get the answer from me. You've got you've you've spoken the answer yourself from your own wisdom that's coming from within you. And 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 yes, I can you know I I can talk to you about how I see it, but how you feel about it is far more important than anything else. And it's certainly way more important than some fucking funky rules that somebody's come up with somewhere. So burn the instructions. Yeah, it's awesome. So true. Yeah, I um, two things occurred to me as you were sharing. The first one is that I think for many of us, I don't know. I think this is. I'm sure you'll probably share this as well, mate. But we've uh, having worked with a good a good few people in this space now. I see a lot of people who are innocently uh, disassociated or disembodied from what grief might be in terms of that they're thinking it's like an intellectual process and it actually mm. looks to me that sam or ellie or people like i don't know if sam can handle this i don't know if i can handle this it's like i don't know if sam's meant to i think sam's meant to melt in the face of it and i'm supposed to fall into the body and what emerges from that getting images of phoenixes like what emerges from that is is like a a, a new you that's kind of been forged in the flames of of the grief and and it's a bit like that i forget what's the name of the japanese art where they where where they you know oh. repair bowls um mm. 
forget the name, but it's like a, and we're put back together. I know Matt, do you remember my good old friend, Matt, when, uh, when we had him on to, to speak close to when all this, the war with you in Ukraine started and he was, he'd, he was talking about how in very, very close proximity, he had his father, his diet had died and his first daughter had been born like super close. And he'd had this, the most psychedelic of, of experiences and the most psychedelic year. And we spoke about the, the transmutation, like the transformation, transformation, tra- changing of form. And so often the, the, the changing of form is going to alchemize within your body. And so it is going to be the sim like, like the the process is very often coming into the body being grounded walking in the grass with your feet on the earth actually finding the somatic practices working with heat working with cold working with the body to allow these expressions through so that's i mean i'm sure we could talk about that for hours and it's and you know we've spoken about that a lot on the podcast but i think this space as much as any other if not more that's very very important to honor and the other thing was that uh i just love what you said about um you know, that kind of um, honoring of the whole process, however kind of messy it seems or this way, that way, or upside downy it seems. Um, it's sort of, I've, I've recently working with a, with a wonderful lady, we sort of saw together that it's, it's very possible for us to lock a pattern, an emotional pattern or an energetic pattern in place because we worry that if we, allow it to find its flow then we'll lose the connection with that person that that's died or whatever it might be and actually as you so beautifully put it no it's in it's in that expression in that embodied feeling of grief that we actually our, our connection becomes deepened and because the true reality is not this one true reality is not this human suit one true reality is spiritual the sp- mm. true reality is beyond this world so that's why, of course, we feel deeper connection to life and the universe. And there's, and you know, a beautiful, just, just go sit in the forest and you'll see it. You'll see the interbeing play out in front of you. You'll see how every tree comes and goes, how every leaf comes and goes and how everything just kind of like is completely interwoven into each other. And that's such a magical experience. Um, to to know that so i don't i don't know um that there's any kind of prescription for this right and i know that we're both very like we never give a prescription for anything because how could we but yeah they seem important it seems important to know that connection is interwoven into this process you're not going to lose any of that and it is very often an embodiment of this rather than a figuring it out with, you know, with, with your head kind of process. Mm. Mm. Well said. Kintsugi. Oh, you went looking. There yeah. you go. Can you Golden say it? joinery. Can you say it in a Japanese it's accent, beautiful. please? Yeah. Can, can you say it in a Japanese accent, please? Can you, can you get Google? There's a lot to get, fall for that. Can you get, can you get Google? Can you get Google to say it? Can um, I get Google to say it? No, I don't think Google will, will, uh, Will Madame Google say it in? She'll she'll say it in her best uh, tech techno voice. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I don't know if this is going to work, but we'll give it a whirl. Oh no, it's going to go to bloody YouTube. What? What do you mean? You should just be able to click the little thing and it all 
and it will just um speak it out loud anyway oh i feel like that was a, a little bit... thing well sam when you type the word when you put the word into google with the definition it often has a little like microphone next to it yeah it's not we ain't got, that. got one. Oh well never mind i'm sure people sure people can go and do their own uh Get into their own research. I'll do their own research, yeah. Um, yeah. I forgot to check what time we started, buddy. Do we um I got no got idea, any more but... to any more for any more? I don't think so. I mean, even if we did, I mean that seem feels like a, a nice place that we could we could click pause. My should we have a guess at how long my guess is that we've been recording for uh thirty-eight minutes. What's yours? Is that because you've you've actually tracked it? No, I haven't. I haven't got a clue. I'll say 42 minutes. Last time we did this, turned I out always win. Better than me. I thought I was good at it, and then I'm not. I'm, I'm shit. Well, this is like you always, up until now, you have always won, but that doesn't mean you have today. Ellie wins. Oh, and you also came up with a cracker for our merch that's on its way. Is it? Upside Downy. I want a t shirt with Upside Downy written on it. And when I said it, I got a vision of an upside down pineapple cake as well. Um, um, and also, it would make a good water bottle, and you'd have to have the right in the wrong way up. Yeah, but how would? You, but you wouldn't be. Oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Did you know pineapples were a sign of swinging? Incidentally, uh, hang on a minute. Hang on, hang on a minute. What, in what way? Like, are we t- like our pineapple trees? Like that? Like, like if you're in Norfolk or Suffolk, you need to have your like. What are those bloody things again? That we had a whole episode. Pampas grass. Pampas grass. If you're a swinger out in wherever pineapples are. Malibu. <laughs> yeah. Is it that you have a pineapple outside your You have a palm tree. And yeah, it's not, no, actually they don't, it palm trees and pineapples, are they, do they go together? It's coconuts on palm trees, isn't it? What, come on, tell me more. I love a good, I like anything. I like learning about swinging. It's always interesting. <laughs> it's like as if I'm the authority, the authority. Yeah, well, you're like scene. a, I feel like you're like a, Modern anthropologist. <laughs> that's, that's one word for me. Oh, no, no, that's two. Well, come, we'll, <laughs> well, come on, tell, give me, spill the, spill the pineapple. Well, there's quite a lot, like you know, like home decor styly stuff. There's quite mm. a lot of pineapple styled stuff around. So, yeah. what's it got to if, do with swinging? Who told you? If you want to get into swinging, then put some pineapples out. Yeah, but yeah, but who like, told you it? Who told you it's like a? Oh, you just know. You know this stuff. Let, let's see if some urban dictionary can fill us in. What do you Pineapple mean you just know? Is it you just, did you get a message about this again? Pineapples are used as a secret way for swingers to identify each other. If you oh. see someone wearing an upside-down, upside-downy pineapple badge or pin, it means that they're actively looking for a partner swap. An upside-down pineapple on someone's front porch can be seen as an invitation to join a swinger party. There you go. Oh my upside god! Downy. Is that um? Is there anything else that's a sign? I don't know. Um, and this this is the other thing that I was thinking about. It's down to its exotic nature. <laughs> right. And its symbolic meaning of hospitality and welcome. Right. Yeah. These associations have grown stronger over time until the pineapple has become an iconic symbol of swinging. I've no- see. This is this is what I mean. I I just didn't know that. I just didn't know that. I always learn something new in our podcast. Neither did my friends. I bought them some pineapple memorabilia, not pineapple, some pineapple home decor stuff. Is that upside down? 
and they, and they quite liked it and so bought some more stuff. So they've got a house full of pineapple with stuff and so now they look like a bunch of swingers. But next time you go round, you've got to turn it all upside down as well. Yeah. That's what you actually have to do. Mm. Right. Classic. So there's, there's a T-shirt for us, an upside downy pineapple. Those, they are coming soon as well, just so you know, people. There is actually, we're, we've been, life has many twists and turns, upside downies, side to sideies, and the shop has been put backwards, backwards. So we will, before too long, be endeavouring to be releasing things. Yeah, watch this space. When we come back after the summer, we've got some stuff planned in the Facebook group. So make sure if you're not in the Facebook group, you get your ass into the Facebook group and save your dollar bucks because we've got some stuff that you're going to want to spend your sober savings And he's on. on other than pineapples. Yeah. Right. It's, it's happened. Message from the universe. Shout out to all the swingers out there. Peace out. Yo.